0: Welcome everyone to episode 82 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. We have the entire crew back for the first time in I don't know how long. So after some vacations, some storm breaks, some fun summer stuff, we have a lot to talk about, uh, including our newest patron, Roly Fingers. Welcome, Roly and welcome Chris and Kelsey to episode 82. How you doing, Chris?
1: I'm doing all right. Yeah, uh, you know I'll do the the standard song and dance. Uh, work's kicking my butt, and it's going to be kicking my butt worse. Unfortunately, there's a big project that we got green lit, and uh, you know it's nice you get some pat on the backs when you get a major thing through for a company. But then you're in charge of making it happen. So that's mm. <laughs> that's going to be my life. So uh, while that's really boring, I'll let me get to some things that are maybe not as boring. But there's not a lot here on my list. Uh, but that explains why. Um, Gaming-wise, uh, you know, I'm, I'll make keep it real short sweet so that way Kelsey can get on with his stuff. I've been playing some Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer, waiting for you guys to hop over. Still enjoying it. Um, getting pretty deep into it and uh, still good. And then I, I got uh, a hold of uh, Superman the movie soundtrack on vinyl so uh, that was a comic-con thing i think you pointed me towards bill a little while back and uh it arrived in the mail yesterday i haven't had a chance to open it up and uh, play it yet but that's on my plans for here soon and uh other than that uh, sleeping in kids i wish i had more exciting things to say (laughs) i really don't so uh that's me
0: yeah, that Superman vinyl, I think it was after we recorded a show, and we were just kind of like, you know, chatting a little bit before we kind of signed off and went to bed, and I mentioned that it was out there, and you were like, what? And you purchased <laughs> it immediately. He was like, I didn't know that was happening. So, so yeah, I'm glad that that uh, arrived so quickly. Sometimes it's tough with vinyl pre-orders, because sometimes they have them in hand, and sometimes they're making them, you know. it's so like I have several pre-orders that I'm not expecting for... Uh, uh, One is next month, and another two are in December. So yeah, it's nice that you got that so quickly.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, it made me think though. It's, you know, for me, it's my childhood, and that theme, you know, really just Mm. does everything. And I'm like, you know, superhero movies don't do that anymore. They don't have those orchestrated big set piece themes like they used to. So. Yeah, the Avengers theme is very, very distinctive, <sighs> and
2: everybody that goes to those yeah. movies knows that song now. But it's like that—it's like that yeah. one bar. Everybody just knows You're that
1: one to, bar, right? And they Alan don't know Sivester, any of the rest yeah. of it, right?
2: Oh no, that bar just kicks it off. They know that song. They know that song.
1: I don't know. I'd be curious how many people could sit and like have more than that bar play out in their head. <laughs>
0: So yeah, so Superman is. It, so you said that's on the uh, uh, going to be on the turntable for you sometime in the near future.
1: Absolutely. Once I get uh, a little time to myself, I don't know how excited everybody else is to listen yeah. to John Williams in my house, but it's a
0: good <laughs> theme. Everyone should enjoy that theme. Yeah, it's very hard not to like. You know, hands on your hips. You know, like you're floating <laughs> like Superman <laughs> when some of those. Like, just, I'm going to go do some chores. <laughs> <laughs> it very much yeah, uh, builds you up. That's so, sure. so many good, good, good uh, uh, licks in there. So, yeah, I'm excited for you. I actually I was getting really depressed, not depressed, but I was getting irritated that I wasn't listening to vinyl a lot like like collecting games. Like you spend all this time collecting games and, you never, and like I would never play them. So I decided to move the turntable down to the basement where I spend a lot of time like after the kids are in bed and I bought a couple of bookshelf speakers um, that also have an optical input so I can use it with the Xbox down here as well or the, you know, the wireless headphones. Best musical decision I've made in a long time because every time I get down here, before i like start anything on the computer or like anything i just throw a record on and i've listened to more records you know since i did that than like the last like six months so yeah definitely definitely highly recommend just putting your music where you're going to be able to listen to it instead of like the main thoroughfare of the house where it's just (laughs) not possible
1: (laughs) isn't it strange i don't know if it's me like albums used to feel long now i feel like man it's over Right, I mean, yes.
0: Well, well, especially like on a record because you put one side of a record on, it's like it really doesn't take that long to sides over. And and there's a couple of a video game uh, vinyl soundtracks that are that are they're 12 inch records, but they're recorded at 45 speed because I guess there's like higher quality when you do that or something like that. So Contra is a 45 speed, which I think I might have told the story on the show before. I didn't realize that. So you put it on, it's like. Dun, 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 dun. I was like oh something's wrong with my record oh wait a minute it's the it's the speed, but yeah the contra record takes like fifteen 20 minutes like both sides it's uh it's a blast though <laughs> so but yeah man so yeah hopefully we'll get I uh, will catch up to you very soon and uh, we'll get to have all sorts of uh mass effect uh, talks going on so moving right on to uh Kelsey. What's going on, Kelsey? What you've up to?
2: No vinyl. It's mostly NES again. Um, mm-hmm. I think last time I talked to Chris, I just finished Gauntlet. So since then, I've done Gauntlet Two, which is worse than Gauntlet One. Gauntlet One was a lot better.
1: Yeah, it's not a good game.
2: Yeah, uh, I played Gyromite. Which Gauntlet
1: Three is really good, though. Check that out. Okay, on the on the Genesis.
2: I, what makes Three notable?
1: Um, it's um. Uh... I think what was it, was it? No, I'm trying to remember who did it. It come back to me, and if I can remember, I'm trying right. to remember what the team right. that, was it.
2: So anyway, the team
1: that was treasure. Eventually, I can't remember. Anyway, go ahead.
2: <laughs> uh, played some gyromite, which was a really cool experience with with Rob. Uh, so it it was I borrowed uh, borrowed it from Engineer Mike, one of our one of our patrons and a friend of mine. Uh, he lent me his gyromite setup because I just have a plain old Rob. And his uh thing that spins the gyros uh wasn't working, so I had to open that up with his permission and tinker around. But it was just like a thing was not sitting where it was supposed to. So really easy fix. Put it back in, spins the spins the gyros now. Uh so set that up and then it kept falling over the gyros. He like couldn't land them on the uh the little pedestals that push the buttons without them falling. So I had to figure out what's going on. And holy cow, do you need like perfectly level playing field in every direction and so my basement apparently not as level as rob needs and i was just like sitting him on a box on a chair so that didn't work so I, I emptied a dresser like a small end table dresser from my upstairs and brought it down to put him on so i had a solid platform and then i had to like put some books under the uh the dresser to make sure it was level enough <laughs> so it's quite experienced to get it going but then when i was going I like it was so cool and i know the game is dumb and boring and you can you could beat it without rob very very easily but it was just it was a really fun experience to have him like picking it up and scooting it over spinning the gyro putting it down and then trying to grab the other one quick enough while that one was still spinning uh it was really fun and a few times they tipped over and you know whatever it was was part of the experience but uh, i had a blast playing some gyromite and since then uh mike's lent me the stack up pieces so hopefully next show i can talk about some stack up as well uh so after gyro might uh i played metroid uh the first one which i've beaten before but i hadn't uh recorded it for for my nes playthroughs so went through that and i i don't love the first one like you can see the ideas are there but it's it's pretty clunky and, and like fighting kraid is a pain in the butt he's awful and mother brain too at the end like there. bosses aren't fun in that game
1: uh
2: i play conflict which is a strategy game hex based by Victokai, uh and there's a really cool good strategy game buried under tons of text that makes it just so <laughs> so slow uh, cause they try I'm sure it was really cool back in the day. Like you, you go into battle and you get like, kind of like a, like an RPG kind of screen. You have like the picture of your tank or your plane or whatever you're attacking with. And then you pick your, your action that you want to do. You want to turn, you want to like throw a smoke bomb down. Do you want to try and escape? Whatever. And then all this text just starts coming up. It's like your pilots, like feeling the G force of the plane as he pilots down. <laughs> and like, that's cool the first time, but every single time you do an action, it says the same thing. And it just bogs the game down, and you got to hear that from the opponent as well. So you both pick your action, and then you got to like read the stories before you actually get to like do your fights. So that yeah, that slowed it down and made it a little a little more painful than it needed to be. I uh, played through NES Play Action Football, which I yeah I don't need to talk a whole lot about that. It was a football game that functioned fine. Uh, <laughs> Nestor was in it, which was a cool surprise. I didn't know that beforehand, so.
0: Was that the one that, like, the entire team moves as one?
2: Uh, No, you get control of one
0: guy. Everyone else
2: does whatever action the play you set up involves. And if you want to switch your characters, this is the worst part of the game. You push A and B at the same time, and it will let you be the character that is closest to the ball, not necessarily the one you want to be.
0: Yeah, so that that is how most uh, so the A and B I agree with you. It's, it's got to be cumbersome. Um, that is the way most modern sports games work. Like in the hockey world, anyway. When you press the pass button, it switches to the player closest to the puck. It doesn't like cycle through players. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like the like the classic you know like Tecmo Ball type stuff. Like you just press the button to cycle until like you're the guy you want. So. Yeah, I could see that being uh, uh, maybe problematic.
2: Yeah, I, I get that it would be really hard to cycle through like a football team because that's a decent sized team, but it mm-hmm. just like it was about fifty percent of the time that was not the player I wanted to switch to.
0: Right. Yeah, you wanted to know which one you're thinking of yes, and like looking at and exactly, go right to that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you had, if you were playing on the Jaguar, you could map all the players to the hundred uh... percent.
2: That's probably got the best version of NES Play Action Football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I played through Friday the 13th, finally, which is one that I've been meaning to sit down with for years now, uh, just because, cool. you know, I've heard about it. Uh, so it's kind of a mess and a weird game. Uh, but once you figure it out, it, it kind of makes sense why it's, it's the mess it is and, and what they were going for.
1: Um, I think once I-, I understood that you're like walking around Crystal Lake, it kind of helped.
2: Yeah, that helped a bit and just how uh, you had to like find the notes to like track down special items. Uh, Jason has like a walking path, like a route, but it's like not shown. So once you know the routes, you can actually try and interact with him or dodge him, whichever thing you're trying to do at the time um and like how to switch between the counselors and the kids are always in the middle of the lake and all that stuff when, once you kind of get used to how the game functions which took me a couple of hours uh after that it was pretty simple but it's just bizarre there's nothing quite the same like it on the nes good old ljn yeah uh and then i've still been plugging away at miracle piano um pretty deep into it. now I think I'm like lesson 31 out of 36 no so I doubt I'll be done it by next time because the lessons are taking me a longer to get through and I've got a short trip coming up so I won't have as much time as I normally do so hopefully two shows from now I can be finished off with Miracle Piano I still haven't got to use the foot pad yet I think that might be the next uh, <laughs> next lesson
0: let's hope it works which, for which is you. surprising to me because as a uh, IRL piano player the foot pedal is like used a hundred percent of the time it's not like something that you add on later on it's it's a part it's a constant yeah part of playing. so
2: miracle piano like lesson 29 was like really low level like <laughs> finger exercises that like should have been like lesson two or three like mm-hmm. i'd have no idea how they choose the order of what's going into this game mm. um to get off nes uh My buddy that I've been playing Digital Devil Saga with, uh, we've been stuck on one boss for like the last five times we've sat down. So we've just been grinding and grinding. And we're up 19 levels from where we were in the same area before. And we're still getting wiped out by this boss. And we can't figure out what we're doing wrong. So we started going on forums like, what are we missing? What are we screwing up? And all of them are like, you need this ability. And so the way the leveling works in that game, you just level up your stats but if you want to learn new abilities, it's kind of like Final Fantasy X. Like you have to equip certain uh, like mantras they call them in this game instead of spheres, and then you learn the uh, the ability as you level up through these spheres. So we've been like cranking out all these like really late game abilities, <sighs> but they're not the one we need to like beat this boss. So we had to put our characters through a little bit more grinding to get these abilities, and then we figured like sweet we're going to just going to plow through the rest of this game so we beat this boss and then the next time next weekend we sat down the very next boss we got to exact same thing <laughs> happened we're like oh we like we knew which ability we needed right away when we were fighting him cuz he kept draining all our mp so like we need the thing that stops him from draining our mp we don't have nobody has that so we had to grind another 2 hours to get that ability and now i feel like we can burst through the rest of the game next time we sit down it's going to be great um, I finished Shimigami Tensei 4 since last time, so I've started on Shimigami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, which is a direct sequel. And I apparently did not even come close to picking the canon ending when I finished Shimigami 4 because I got frustrated with all the options, and one of the options was just like nuke everybody. And so, like, I kind of destroyed existence in Shimigami Tensei 4 and like wiped out everything <laughs> good, bad, neutral, whatever, all gone. So, in Shimigami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, the world's not gone. So, obviously, I picked the wrong one. Um, and then I'm last. I going to say, it, it,
1: it would be hard to write a follow up to everything's dead.
2: Uh, Shimigami's <laughs> weird. They, they could do it. And I'm sure they have done it at some point. They'll just birth a new universe and start over. and Yeah. Plop you down somewhere in the timeline. They, they get into time travel and dimensional things, and they can be as weird as they want. Um, lastly, uh, again with, with uh, Engineer Mike, our patron, uh, I got together with him twice since our last recording, and we started playing Lufia uh, Rise of the Sinistrals on the Super Nintendo. And just, you know, chatting and catching up and grinding away. That game is pretty grindy so far, but having a, having a pretty good time with it. So we have got three of our characters so far. I think we're heading down to get our fourth uh, main party member uh, next time. We can sit down with it.
1: Yeah, I remember playing through both of
2: those back in the day. They're pretty good. Yeah. I've heard the second one is like really good, and the first one's okay. And yeah, it's it's okay so far.
1: That one's been like thirty years, so I don't remember. But <laughs> I remember enjoying both of them.
2: Well, i will keep you posted so far so good nothing bad it's just uh pretty i don't know the intro was really cool where you're like max level and you're just wiping out the bad guys and then you're starting i think it was 90 years later uh and you got to kind of start from over with another party uh so it was, it was a neat start and then it's just kind of generic now that's about all i played since uh, since last time we chatted
0: cool very good so uh just a quick uh uh you know recap uh since chris you said to come back to you uh gauntlet three the final quest was released for the amiga the st the commodore um, yeah, so i think are you, you thinking of three right so Gauntlet four was the one on genesis okay that's and the one that i'm thinking of and that was M two.
1: M two. Okay, I was trying to remember. It was like treasure or yep, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: I because yeah, I
2: knew four was supposed to be good. Three, yes. I'd never heard anybody mention before. So okay, it's just okay.
0: Me yeah, same my old man brain. I, well, I, same thing. I remembered like one and two, and I kind of forgot that there was a gauntlet on the Genesis. So it got me thinking, and yeah, so three uh, was uh, you know kind of like a a, a weird little. Like almost like like the screenshots almost look like Ultima a little bit. So I don't know what it plays like, but it's a seems like a PC RPG. So I don't know if it's worth looking into or not. But uh, yeah, you're probably thinking of Thor with the M um, two. So yeah, so um, I've I've got quite a bit. I'll I'll try not to linger too long in anything, so we can get to the meat and potatoes. Um, I, there's so much stuff on my list because it's been a little while and there's been a lot of gaming going on because we were on vacation for a couple of weeks. Um, the kids got really into Castle Crashers. Um, we took the, uh, the Xbox Series S with us because it's so uh, light and cute and adorable and easy to travel with. Um, we brought the Switches and I had my PC with me, my, my laptop. So my thinking was, oh, I'll get to play Mass Effect like when the kids go to bed because I have the save file like on the PC and that's how it'll work. It just didn't end up working out that way. Because, like, you're with the family all day. I'm not going to play Mass Effect while the family's around. And then the kids go to bed. And then the adults hang out, you know, around the table or, you know, like, have a couple drinks or, like, look at old family photos or whatever. And you end up staying up till, you know, like, till it's right time to go to bed. So it, it just didn't end up working out where I had, like, alone video game time and vacation. So what, what are you going to do? Uh, but, yeah, the kids got super into Castle Crashers. Like, beat the entire game. Uh, you know, like kept asking me, like, oh, can you update on your phone? Like, see how I get this character, and I'm like, oh, well, you got to beat the game with this other character. Okay, and then they did that, and then you know, like, well, how do I, do I get this weapon? And there's hun- there's dozens of weapons, maybe hundreds, but dozens of weapons. How do you get the oh, you do this. So every morning we would wake up and they'd be playing Castle Crashers, a different character, and we'd be driving to the beach. They're like, can you look up top ten characters in Castle Crashers? <laughs> like The top ten characters are whatever characters you guys like playing with. Just you know, find someone, have fun with it, it's your build, whatever. Yeah, but I want to know what someone else thinks of the top <laughs> ten characters. So yeah, it was a Castle Crashers vacation. My which is, which son is loves that
2: game. That's one of his favorite games
0: ever. Man, and and like, so they'd be on the beach, you know, like in the water, and we'd hear them like singing songs from Castle (laughs) Crashers, like the music's really, really good. We're in the car, they're like asking me to put it on Spotify, which is a common thing they do with games that they really like. But yeah, they really got super, super into Castle Crashers, and it was really fun because we had four controllers, and anybody could kind of pop in, pop out. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah Castle, my son, like
2: Castle we've Crash got the piano upstairs, and he's not taking lessons or anything, but he sat down and learned like a couple songs from Castle Crashers and Undertale and some of his favorite tunes. It's really neat. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So what lesson in awesome. miracle has he on?
2: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he's on the foot pedal. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so uh so besides castle crashers um so we got back from vacation i've been playing me3 as much as possible um while still taking my time and trying to enjoy it um i talked to you guys a little bit in chat about some of the progress i made uh uh through with the citadel dlc which i finished i have zero recollection of that from back in the day and i thought that i played all the dlc way back when so that'll be a great conversation in the next show or possibly two shows since mass effect 3 is so freaking big um, so uh, another thing I started playing, thanks to Game Pass, is Hades from one of my favorite uh, developers, oh, really Supergiant. Right. I'm a huge Bastion fan. Um, not as big a fan of some of their other games. Uh, like Pyre's good, Transistors good, um, but like Bastion's really kind of like the the game that really sticks for them with me. And oh man, is Hades good? Because I, I, you know, I, you, I remember seeing, you know, like. Cause every game in the universe, I feel like after E3, it's like, ah, we've won nine thousand awards at E3, most anticipated, best this, and it's like, all right, you know, like how how good can they can it really be? But man, like, really, really, really quickly, got really, really into this game, and I had to force myself to put it down because I'm like, all right, I wanted to like play it because I wanted to, you know, like give it a shot, but I'm still playing Mass Effect. There's other things happening, so I didn't I didn't stick with it too long, but. I probably played it for a couple hours, two or three different days, and man, is it good! It's that isometric view. So it starts off like you're, you're Zagreus, you're Hades' son, and you're just trying to like escape Hades, get like all the way to the surface. And the Olympians are getting involved because the Olympian gods are like, oh well, like he could be a really good asset if you know, like if he ever gets out. So when you start your escape attempt, you get a boon from one of the gods. So like it could be Zeus or you know Poseidon or Athena, or whatever. And, um, and it's different every time, right? And whatever god it is, you usually have a choice of, like, you know, which boon you want. So that's one of the the kind of roguelike elements. But then you also have, like, this kind of home base, and you can, like, you know, upgrade it with different currencies and stuff. You can purchase um, permanent upgrades, so there's certain things that go away when you die, certain things you keep forever, you know, like a roguelike. And you have, like, this training dummy that you can, like, grab a weapon and then, like, kind of try it out before you go and just... At at first, when I started playing it, I was a little annoyed that it didn't do a great job explaining a lot of things to me, but then after like three or four runs through it, I started to realize, you know what, I have figured it out, and it's better that I did it this way than if I had to like read through like a big menu for like every single thing they tried to tell me. So I really like how they did it kind of a little bit more organically. Um, So I don't want to spend too much time on the details of that, um, but but yeah, man, Hades is awesome. And um, uh, there was a little, little confusion about the cross save on it because it does have cross save, but it's it's weird. It's like you can cross save your progress from like the PC version on Steam to the Switch, but not to like <laughs> other consoles, which is really weird. Like like they're they're like Super Giants, like yeah, like just due to the way it works, like it doesn't work, like you know, like this way that way, and people are like, well, this is kind of weird. But then someone asked a really good question, they were like, what about like, you know, the Xbox version with the Xbox uh, Game Pass for PC version, and they responded to that and they were like, that works because it's considered like the same save platform. So I tried it, and it works, which gets us into a little bit of our main topic later on with that uh, <laughs> uh with the steam deck coming up but yeah hades uh big big fan so far But i really I'll want to try that, that one
2: to... it looks cool from everything i've seen and i i'm the same as you like i i liked transistor i didn't love it mm-hmm. but the things that i liked about it i really really liked about it so i think if all if right. hades hits on all the cylinders like it looks like it does uh, i might really enjoy that yeah. one too
0: and and no surprise because the same guy that does all the music for all uh, Supergiant games is Darren Korb but there are some yeah. banging tracks on this thing that I'm spotifying like on my commute like to and from work and then like I'll load the game up just to hear the music it's so good cool. so yeah I'm very 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 hot on Hades um, so uh, uh, I should also mention that the new Destiny 2 season has begun it is awesome so far it actually the season launched about uh like an hour like within an hour of uh they had this uh, live reveal planned for the uh, like the future of uh they were doing the Witch Queen reveal which is the next major expansion. Comes out next year on two, 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 two whatever that works out to. And um, so we have, uh, you know, a good little while before the expansion comes out. But they finally revealed Savathun. She looks amazing. She's Oryx's brother, uh, the Taken King that we fought at the end of Destiny 1. She's been teased for seven years. She's in, like, the lore, like, when the game was in its, like, alpha and beta stage. Like, there were Savathun hints. So she's, she's been, you know, hinted for a long, long time. Uh, she's uh, voiced by Deborah Wilson. You um, might know her from ages ago from Mad TV. Um, she's also in uh, the, the Jedi Fallen Order game. Uh, she's she's motion captured, so she acted and uh, like performed and voice acted that role. Um, but yeah, it's a, a really 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 cool uh, time for Destiny. Like any any service game is really cool when there's like a big expansion and a lot of news coming out. So that's been really good. That's another case of okay I'm, I'm gonna turn it on and play it because i love it but i have other things to do i gotta finish mass Effect, so i've been trying to you know pace myself with it so uh but yeah it's really really awesome so far can't wait uh and crossplay is here so uh that was a surprise because originally they said crossplay was going to launch early in season 15 and then like the day that the season started they were like crossplay's live and i guess the idea was they had some there were some things they were like oh we haven't figured out you know like voice chat across platforms and are we just going to tell people to use discord or whatever so like they had a bunch of little things and they were like you know what let's just release it instead of like delaying it for all these little things we'll fix the little things you know people can you know do whatever they want so crossplay started and really it was it was magic uh the first time that i saw my xbox friends like on my pc and just joined a game and there i am with them so Uh, so yeah, once we're done with, uh, uh, once we're caught up on mass effect, uh, we're going to have a, uh, Ooh, maybe a patron raid night. How about that? That'd be fun for one of us. (laughs) And, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so, um, and then just a couple last things, um, since I always give a PS five update, uh, no PS five yet. Uh, but at least I have government assistance. Um, as some of you (laughs) may know, getting a PS five. Yes, specifically. Yeah. Uh, so, um, not really, but uh, some of you may know um, I'm the last person in the world to get the, uh, the third stimulus payment, which is a big deal because I got three kids over here. <laughs> so uh, I check every day and finally, like yesterday, checked and it was like we've scheduled your payment for September 1st. So now the you know we got a little bit of a boost uh, in the bank account, so I can put that PS5 money, just earmark it right there so it's, uh, so it's ready to go. Um and that's probably it for gaming. Um I just want to do a quick mention of some TV and movies. Uh we started watching Ted Lasso too Uh when my wife is around and uh, we you know both have the energy after the kids go to bed, we watched an episode of that. I started the People versus O.J., which is something that I've always you know meant to watch came about a year ago or maybe a little bit more ago. Um watched the Suicide Squad, uh which you guys may have talked about uh in my absence last time. Oh, I haven't awesome. seen it yet oh you haven't seen it yet no Was, like you guys yeah. can
2: watch it on hbo down there we need like an extra subscription on top of our crave to like get it so i haven't
0: seen mm. it mm, let's, uh, let's talk off the air <laughs> we'll see how that goes there so, could be vpns <laughs> <laughs> could i be wearing any more <laughs> clothes <laughs> So, but yeah, suicide was awesome. So, no spoilers. But uh, there is just something about we're talking a little bit off air about this. There's something about James Gunn, uh, and for for me in particular, it's very similar to me uh, to um, uh, Shane Black, uh, who directed. Um, he was in uh, Predator, the original Predator, a while ago, and he directed the most recent uh, Predators <laughs> he, film. He had and one he of the wrote most and directed...
2: Hard to listen to lines in the original Predator now.
0: Yeah, the oh, in, in the in the OG. Yeah yeah the one uh uh it's 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 a little little crass yeah yeah yeah, i I wouldn't i wouldn't speak it aloud on here without the uh the uh parental advisory sticker um but also uh one of my favorite uh buddy uh cop uh drama sorry buddy comedies uh in recent memory is the nice guys yeah Uh, there's just something about something about like the quality of the banter or the you know like the the strained friendship. uh,
2: kiss kiss bang bang as well right
0: Correct. Yep. With RDJ and uh, Val Kilmer. Yep. So yeah, he's a, uh, yeah. Shane Black is awesome. And there's just something about when I watch James Gunn stuff that just kind of has, it's really hard to describe that quality, but it has like a similar feel uh, to me to James Gunn stuff. So I absolutely loved it. it. It really was like, I was telling Chris like it's you're laughing the whole time and sometimes you're laughing and you're like, yeah, that's funny. And other times you're laughing like what? is happening right now because it's just so irreverent and crazy but so so cool uh, really 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 enjoyed it um and uh i wanted to do a quick shout out to some awesome friends uh the first one is a little concert cast tribute so i have two concert cast items i went to the hella mega show uh, that i was talking about when i uh, uh was on the show with uh, uh rich and sean uh doing the uh, uh the playcast and uh, so that was supposed to be green day fallout boy and weezer we got there and they're making announcements and all the loudspeakers are on the stadium fallout boy will not be performing someone uh, not one of the band members but someone on the team uh uh, had covid and since the teams were operating in like three separate bubbles just to prevent like you know cross-contamination like just fallout boy had to step out um which to me was fine because the you know for me it was a green day weezer like that was the reason we were going um, so yeah, it was a phenomenal show. Uh, we first time I saw Weezer, they were amazing. Um, got a really nice Green Day hoodie. My wife got a Weezer shirt, um, and Weezer was so good. Like, not that I, you know, wouldn't before, but like, I left that show like, I'm gonna get a Weezer tattoo. Like, they are that <laughs> good. I love Weezer. I've been listening to their whole catalog ever since the, that show. Um, and my other concert cast item is uh a, just a sh- real short conversation i want to have with kelsey i don't know if you saw this uh this story kel about the uh, the for the first judas priest show
2: oh like just recently in the last like couple just, weeks here
0: yeah just i recently. might
2: have i might have seen it
0: so so i just want to get your 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 opinion on this how cool to be at this show so judas priest returned to the stage for the first time since 2019 at the bloodstock open air festival they played a 21 song set list which is pretty pretty good set list and they played some songs that like for the first time they played rock and rolla for the first time yeah, since 1976 that, that's a weird
2: weird pull it's an okay song play, it's just funny to play anything off
0: that album. they and they played uh what was the other one i got the list right here they played uh where is it there's a song they played for uh here it is um, so they played One Shot at Glory and Invader live for the first time so, ever.
2: Invader is one of my favorite Judas Priest songs and my favorite solo that uses a delay pedal. It is so cool. It's it's pretty simple, but it's, it just sounds awesome. And it's just about an alien invasion. It's a really dumb song, but it's so good.
0: <laughs> and it's weird because like, I've been thinking a lot about live music and I've been looking up a lot of set lists. And it's so weird to me that like there a lot of bands have these awesome songs that the fans love that they have never played live once and it's just weird to me like the like the tool song um tempest from their newest album uh it's the one that they won the grammy for for like heavy metal performance or hard rock performance i can't remember which category it was but they didn't play it live on the tour until like the like the third to last show like in australia they just happened to play tempest and it's like it's just so weird to me when when you know bands decide uh uh, let's just never play that ever. Yeah, it's just a One, one on Shot of Clary is an
2: awesome song, too, and, and like everybody loves everything off Painkiller. Uh, they used that song mm-hmm. in Brutal
0: Legend. Nice.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. I'm surprised they didn't play it early
0: right yeah and then and right after invader they played painkiller uh in in the set list so, which uh, is
2: super surprising because uh rob said a bunch of times he's like i don't feel like i could do that song anymore at my age i can't give it the energy level it deserves so that is cool he's right. feeling up to it
0: now yeah well he's 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 had a lot of time to uh i guess you know recover and practice and save himself so yeah that must have been an awesome show uh that was uh, uh just a couple of weeks ago like you said august 15th so so uh, yeah so that's our little concert cast tribute and i do want to give a shout out to our very good friend uh bickman 2k uh rfgen uh director uh and good good friend uh he gave me a big assist uh at the micro center uh near him recently micro center there's only like 15 or 20 of them in the country there was this insane deal on a three-dimensional printer uh, so I pinged him and I'm like, hey, if you if your micro center gets this in, if you get it for me, like I'll I'll give you shipping money to you know like get it over to me. And it happened. It came in. He went there like on a lunch break and got it. So he hooked me up on this amazing deal on a 3D printer. So now if anyone needs, you know, for your all your cosplay needs, you want to <laughs> be Garris for uh you know for the next show you go to, give me a shout. I'm still learning, but uh, I'm happy to help. So big, big thanks to, uh, to, uh, uh, Bickman for that. That's going to be awesome yeah. when that, uh, when that shows up, we'll have to it's a really good guy. make him something nice. Yeah. It's just a great guy. So yeah, so that's, uh, I tried not to uh, go too long. Hopefully I didn't. You nailed, um, it. So, nailed uh, it. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, that wraps me up. So we wanted to go into a, uh, uh, we normally talk about like one or two news items. Uh, there's a kind of a whopper that's, uh, uh, has been, you know, uh, a bunch of places but was brought to my attention initially by kelsey uh this is when i was i was driving up on a short business trip and uh, i saw it in the one of the the discord or the you know one of the threads that we have um just saying hey it's really long but if you guys have the time it's a really really interesting uh, uh you know take on the situation and i hadn't really heard what was going on and i was like all right i'm in a car for four hours i could listen to this you know like on the way up and I listened to that, I didn't watch it, but I listened to that entire video, and it's a combination of just, like, shaking your head, like, how could this happen, how could it be allowed to happen, and also, like, your blood kind of boils a little bit. So, um, uh, Kelsey, since you brought it to uh, uh, to my attention, I thought I'd hand it off to you and have you give a little intro on what's going on and kind of where we're at with the uh, the Wada Games situation.
2: Sure. Well, I think Chris knows, knows as much as I do. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, basically, WADA, who grades Sealed Games, and they they even grade other things beyond Sealed Games now, too. They've done open games and prototypes and whatever. Uh, They've only been around for a few years, but they've kind of positioned themselves as, like, the best grading company and kind of overtook uh, VGA, which was around for seven or eight years prior to them. Uh, But, like none of this is new but like seeing it all laid out in a timeline and where everyone is involved uh you get to you get a really gross picture of how they've been manipulating not just the sealed game market but like the retro game market because all of the the profits they're gaining from kind of boosting up sealed games is like spilled into every other aspect so those loose carts that used to be 20 bucks are now like you know 100 bucks uh, just because they're they're rising everything which which kind of hurts uh all of us who are looking for deals or who just can't afford to get into some of the retro stuff now um, so chris can can help me get the finer details here so i don't screw them up but uh, basically they've been in bed with this company called heritage auctions and they've been doing some really fishy things uh, with their games, uh, such as that the $100,000 Super Mario Bros. that uh, that showed up a couple of years ago. Uh, they've been shopping it around and putting it on Pawn Stars and selling it through Heritage only to like have somebody involved with this business rebuy it so they can sell it again higher and keep inflating the price artificially so that people think all their stuff's worth more, which in turn... Wada can say like, "Hey, this game that like th- they charge a percentage of the game's value to grade it to begin with. So right. if they're grading a Super Mario Bros. that's only worth ten thousand dollars, you know, I don't know what they make. We'll say a hundred bucks. But if they're grading a Super Mario Bros. that's worth a billion dollars, it's like, hey, we can charge yeah. you ten thousand dollars now."
0: So th- yeah, it's the, the the video had so so many details. It was so well put together, and it was the order in which they they uh, they they put that info out, because just every extra piece you learn about it, where you know like Wada's uh, doing the grading, uh, setting the value, it behooves them to grade it higher because they'll get more money also they're the ones that are going to be getting the money like back from the auction people who like there's like uh like people on the board of both companies selling to each other they with the carolina collection they like name it the carolina collection which makes it unique and makes it you know like have this like additional value attached to it the fact that jim halpern is uh has is so he gives you all the jim halpern involvement like with like a you know kind of uh uh and it like saw someone coming in who's like you know father knew him and like had some some inside stories on him and then to find out that he was involved in creating uh, speculative bubbles in the coin industry and was charged for fraud like just every little piece that that keeps going forward like it's it's shocking to me like how it all just the dominoes were just all falling together like that
2: yeah so the reason this is of particular interest to me is not cuz I'm a huge graded game collector uh, it's mm-hmm. because and and I'm pretty sure Chris feels a similar way, is we were very big Nintendo Age users. And if you don't know, Nintendo Age was like just one of the best and most important forums for retro games, specifically Nintendo stuff, but they spilled into all sorts of things. Uh, and they had a great database with, you know, scans of everything you could imagine. Uh, they had rarity lists, and like, ton, tons of great information on Nintendo games and some other consoles, too. And so a couple of the guys that are involved with this WADA scam were Nintendo Age members, uh, like Dennis Kahn, who runs WADA. I've done deals with him on Nintendo Age when he was, like, 16, 17 years old. Like, he was really awesome part of the community back then he was this great kid who was hitting garage sales every weekend and and uh you know making contacts and doing trades and and was really involved with with getting a lot of the information when we were building all the uh the rarity lists and stuff for the nes back in the day and just to see now that he's involved in this scheme to like you know price people out and get rich and do it in dubious ways like it's really it's really gross because because yeah i just not the experiences i had with him when he was younger It's it's unfortunate to see where he's gone um but if you're not familiar with how nintendo age collapsed uh the owner dane anderson a huge same thing like really awesome guy to begin with like huge great collection awesome part of the community he owned nintendo age and he got involved with these guys uh in the wada scene and sold it to one of their directors sold the website nintendo age and that guy also bought dane's whole collection which is the carolina collection that that uh, bill just referenced uh to have wada grade and then he he didn't want any of this like information out there like he didn't want people to know rarities and different variants and things like that so he like he just shuttered nintendo age completely so that he was him and wada were like the sole proprietors of all that information and he's used that to his advantage to like nobody knows how many sealed super marios are out there but we're pretty sure it's not the rarest sealed game by a long shot but we can't prove it because wada doesn't want to put out these population reports which show how many they've they've graded which is pretty common in other Collectible grading circles to have population reports to show how many of each game's getting graded, what the rarest grades are, uh, and so he, like he's hold, they're holding this information hostage so that they can do this this scam to like keep boosting games up. Like I, I'm sure you guys saw the the uh, articles about the one and a half million dollar uh, Mario sixty four, which the month before like the I think the biggest selling one was like twenty eight thousand dollars. Like nothing jumps from thirty grand to one point five million in a month. That's yeah. insane, and it's because yeah. they can hide that information. And then there's these uh, like investment uh, groups now. So it's not it's not collectors buying these sealed games. It's investment groups buying these games and selling shares in them, and then trying to sell those investments to another investment group.
0: Yeah, and, and the the other thing uh, they don't do, uh, Heritage, once something is sold through them they don't give any confirmation that any money exchange hands.
2: No. So there's like
0: a thing that's so there's a thing that's like, okay, it's sold for this amount. Okay, cool. Did it really? We're not telling you. Who who bought it? That's confidential. So is this is there any way that this is real at all? Eh, you'll never know. You know, but it's it's just there to create a bubble to drive the prices of everything up because they and then they talked about that other guy like the dentist who like came out of nowhere and all of a sudden was like billed as like one of the best collector one of the most well-known greatest collectors in the world he's been collecting for like eight weeks guys and then you know i have a
2: story that links me to that guy too actually okay um so when i had the two stadium events a reporter from i'm gonna screw this up uh What's the big sports network that shows sports on TV? I can't ESPN.
0: ESPN. Thank you.
2: A reporter from ESPN. TSN,
0: up in uh, up in Canada. Uh, so
2: he called me on the phone um, after we did a little online correspondence because he wanted to do this story about expensive and rare sports-themed video games. And so he's like, Stadium event seems to be the, like the most expensive and rarest, and it gets talked about a lot. He's like, I heard you got two of them so i want to give you do a little information find out how you got them and write a little story about this uh, with a few different people and so that was cool i talked to him on the phone for 20 minutes one day and then i I pointed him in the direction of a few other people mostly through nintendo age that i knew also had one because he wanted to get a few stories and then when his story came out it was 90 percent about this dentist guy and like None of us who had been collecting for years and like knew everybody had ever heard of this guy, and he just from that point onward just dominated the uh, the high end sealed games and rare games kind of market just out of nowhere. It was so weird.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's it really does, like it makes your blood boil just to to because it really is like a rich get richer. Like these aren't that like we've said before, and like they've said all throughout the stories these aren't the guys who have been going to garage sales and flea markets and tag sales. Dennis was trying to find deals on games. No, I mean like, yeah, the, like the, the guys who who said, okay, guys, we're going to create a bubble. How do we do this? And they recruited some of the guys who they knew could get them there. Um, and there's evidence that they were in contact like before all this stuff happened. Right. And, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a shame that they were able to, you know, like infiltrate and turn some guy, like I didn't have as, I don't have as much history with the, some of those, uh, classic Nintendo age guys, that uh, uh, that you guys do, but from everything you hear about them, it's a shame that they were able to take some of these kind of like pillars of the, uh, Nintendo community and say like, Hey, like, would you like to just get rich and like, turn your back on like everyone in the community? And these guys were like, yeah, I'd like to do that.
2: Yeah. The, the hardest part about the Nintendo age thing too, is like, like, Dane, yeah, built Nintendo Age and, and created the forum. But, like, all the information that he got rich off and screwed every collector over with was stuff that the community had put together, not that he had personally mm-hmm. amassed. Like, he sold everybody else's hard work, and then they got screwed over in the end for it, like, badly. Right. And
1: yeah, a lot of his collection was gifted to him over the years for doing <laughs> Nintendo Age.
2: Yeah, and there's quite a bit of that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah he. a lot of people did things. Um, as, as thank yous, so it would be nice if there was a, a reciprocal. But, um, yeah, I you know, anybody that's been involved on the hobby side of things, obviously the last two years have been ridiculous. And, um, you know, I've bought very little in the last few years because it's not a hobbyist market anymore. Uh, it's mm-hmm. turned into some other... Monster, And especially, you know, as soon as you start seeing things like, oh, yeah, there's investor groups that are buying shares in in games, you go, okay, this is, something is really amiss. This is not real estate. This is not, you know, the kind of commodity um, that has intrinsic value over time, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's, for us, it's nostalgia and it's enjoyment and it's entertainment, but... A sealed box in a plastic slab is it has no work value to anyone i mean i guess this you could say the same thing about a painting or something but i think you could enjoy a painting because that's what it was meant to be you was meant to look at it and the game you're meant to play um and yeah the whole situation with um really messing the community over and i'm still meet regularly and in contact with a lot of these guys and there's a lot of hard feelings that are there in some cases yeah. and um kind of poison the well in some places um i don't know personally I, i'm i've let, let all this crash to the ground i'm i'm good with going <laughs> back out and hitting yard sales and buying two dollar mm-hmm. games i'm i don't i don't care I, yeah this like you know i don't think we'll ever get that
2: no, yeah, but like you the general public now sees headlines. Mario sold for a million dollars, and and Zelda sold for eight hundred thousand dollars. They go, my games are, you know, they're not going in the garage sale for a buck anymore. Like they're going. But we all remember. For-
1: yeah. We all remember baseball cards. We all remember Beanie Babies. Right. This this happens, right? And it's mm-hmm. happened, and eventually it'll tank, and prices will level back out. Will Samson still? charge you $1,200 or something? Probably. But that's probably because that's its real value. It shouldn't be half a million dollars, right? <laughs> I, I, that's fine. That's that's okay. Uh, that's because that's what a collector is willing to pay for it, to have it in their collection, not an investment firm. Um, yeah.
0: so, I, I think in order for the general public to, to you know, know that something's up, is for there to be as much coverage on the fraud and the people who bought the 1.2 million are the same people who sold it, you know, like there, there needs to be as much news out there to be like, all right, guys, like this is all just like a bunch of phony baloney and they're trying to inflate the market. I don't know how the coin uh, market crashed back down to earth uh, back in the 80s, but they, they talk in that video that Kelsey shared about uh, the same thing happened, like a grading company came in and that's how they were able to, uh, because once you put that grade on something, like you've, you know, not it's not intrinsically more valuable. It's just because of this grade. So, uh, like the grading company happened, and it goes up and up and up and up, and it just, it just can't go on forever. And even, and uh, the same thing, like, you know, like one game will sell for, you know, like thirty thousand dollars, and then people see it and they're like, oh, that sells for thirty thousand, and then nine hundred copies of that game hit the market they would have known that in the first place with a population report saying like, Oh, by the way, yeah. there's like 4,000 of these, you know, like, uh, like out there. So it, it it's, it's, I, there needs to be as much reporting and noise about like all the, the crap that's going on as there is about like every time there's a a, a story that's like, oh, another game sells for a million dollars, and it's infuriating to have that story happen and to have the grading company in that story, like, oh, it's going to keep going up, it's going to keep going up, and it's like, it's the same company, it's just a bunch of propaganda.
1: Well, And I yeah. think that's the... It's pretty blatant with the amount of self-dealing that's there when you have a... An auction house that says we're going to partner exclusively with this video game grading company, and that video game Mm. grading company has existed barely at all, and they've graded next to nothing. You know, there's a fishy smell that's there, and yeah, Yeah. a A, I don't feel bad for investors because buyer beware. That's that's Mm. the that's the nature of investment is this risk, and if Mm. you lose your shirt. don't feel bad for you to be real honest with you um i'm totally fine with all of it crashing to the ground i I hope it does um with you yeah i i I couldn't care about it i want to go back to enjoying the hobby and not Uh. um have any of this involved
2: speaking of enjoying the hobby if you weren't aware and you you want to go somewhere that was like nintendo age you can always go to rf generation for sure but a lot of the old nintendo age uh, crew is on a new site called video games age and it's it's got that spirit that uh the old nintendo age used to have and uh, it's a pretty decent place to hang out
1: yeah, it's all right. I've, I have created an account there. I've just never been able, I don't know. I just, the feeling, I guess, after going through this crap, yeah. it's like, um, I, I
2: don't know. I've been following a couple threads since all this stuff started breaking in the last few days. And it's like, there's guys that have been around longer than I was on Nintendo Age, like coming out of the woodwork and giving their two cents and along with all the new people. And it's it's neat to see the their perspectives on it and the ideas and feelings and I, I've stuck around on that site solely because uh, the guy who used to run the can Nintendo age beat every game on the NES <laughs> this year thread. he He's collected his own data on that and he thankfully had it saved separately than on Nintendo age. So when he moved over to video games age, he's got awesome data on like what games get played the least, what games get beaten the most, uh, what games we need the help with the most, what games are the longest, all that kind of stuff. And so I've still been beating games over there with them uh, as part of my challenge whenever it crosses over with them.
1: Cool. I want to bring up a, a, a thing that I asked from our patrons. And so I think this is a nice thing. When we can do it and it makes sense, um, I'd like to keep it going. And that's um, we've started a forum in, on Discord for our patrons called Patron's Picks. And, you know, for questions that deal with the topics we're going to deal with in the show, I'll throw it out there, and we'd like you to chime in so we can share it on the show. So um, Engineer Mike, uh, one of our our early patrons, and he's a good guy over there, always in the Bat Chat with these fellows, but um, he puts in about the WADA thing. I'll just read his, his thing exactly. Because I think it's an impressive scam that it was that was almost pulled off. If it wasn't for those dang kids and the dog, uh, but seriously, <laughs> how bored are millionaires that the retro gaming is a target for schemes like this? I hope the rich guys thinking that trying to make a loose little Samson worth five thousand dollars need to be stung accordingly to prevent further BS. And uh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So let's get these, let's get the riffraff out and just have fun and enjoy the hobby, and shall we?
0: That'd be nice um so yeah it's on yeah. it's on un, it's unfortunate and uh i i don't and the thing is like the it's like a lot of times like when i don't know if you guys watch you know the classic like unsolved mysteries or like you know like some true crime true crime pro- podcasts and shows are very popular these days but then like when it's over it's like all right like what's the resolution? Did the good guys win? And it's like, no, that's, that's the story and it's over. And it's just kind of disheartening that like nothing comes of it. So for me, the most important part is like the next step. Like what has to happen? Is it, you know, like does someone have to take this case and bring it to a prosecutor? Is it an sec thing? Is it a fraud thing? I don't know what the next step is. Cause I'm not an expert, but I'm very, very interested to know where it goes from here and you know, what happens from here. And cause the worst thing is, you know, like anything else, like when, when anybody, but especially when just rich people decide, Okay, we're gonna try a scam here and then they get caught and then they get a slap on the wrist and pay a hundred dollar fine and then they go on about their business. So to, I am really, really curious to see what the next steps are and what the you know the community reaction is to yeah. we uh should
2: to probably the, mention, the situation. mention uh, the guy who did the video too, his name's Carl Jobst. But he's he said on Twitter too. He's like, I'm not done yet. He's like, there's gonna more stuffs come to light. I've had people reach out, so he's gonna have a follow up to that as well.
1: The only thing I I will mention about that though is in the in the piece he does a lot of I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but and then he throws out conspiracy theories. So I mean, (laughs) just be what you're. Just say what you're doing. It's fine, right? I mean. There is. There's a lot of I think, and that's fine. Just going like I'm pointing out a lot of threads, right? That look like they're tied together. I don't have the linchpin that, like, on paper that shows these are tied and this is exactly what happened. That's fine. You don't have to,
0: right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think there's a stigma with being a conspiracy theorist because there are some very crazy conspiracy theorists out there. But yeah. I think you're right. If he is uh making the assertion that it's possible that people are conspiring to do something it's okay to say that yeah. and, and i agree with you yeah and or i just I, I lay ha- the facts i out. have right i have some facts there is a possible conspiracy that i think a reasonable person could come to this conclusion let me know what you think as well so yeah i, I get exactly what you're saying
1: yeah um, and then I, um, you know i think these the gaming websites and the journalists don't do it any favors either Right, they they yep. magnify the crud out of some of this stuff, and they they're happy to write something that says, "Oh, a game sells for a kajillion dollars," and then like yeah. nothing <laughs> else, just so they can yep. slap seven hundred web ads all over that article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, come on, you'd be a journalist. Yeah. I I just There's wanted so to give Carl another
2: another props to to check out his. He does mostly videos about speedrunning, and they're they're done the same way. Like he. Investigates the history of the games like speedrunning and like builds a case, like shows like who was running it, what new techniques came out, why this particular uh, record held for so long or keeps getting broken or whatever. They're awesome. All those videos, really it's, good.
0: It and, and honestly, it's amazing because like I, I think a lot of times, like we we forget that you know classic definition of journalism. And anybody who just writes anything for anything it's like oh i'm a games journalist well, what do you do well i write reviews and i write for pre- you like okay i mean there's just like you said there's nothing wrong with being a conspiracy theorist there's nothing wrong with being like a hobbyist video game blogger that's not journalism what this guy does is investigative journalism and journalism it, when it's done well is so satisfyingly good and it just makes you want more good information when it's done so so well. So, yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for, for the amount of work that I'm sure it took to uh, to put into this.
1: Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys are like that, too. And I, I, don't know, I don't want to spend forever talking about it. But just games just felt really just nasty this year with this and the Blizzard and the Activision. And the it's like... It's like, come on, man. This can't be what this is all about. And this can't be the mess. And, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm, I'll just going to say this. I'm not going to get off on a rant. Like today I'm flipping through Twitter, right? And there's promoted tweets, obviously algorithms, right? So IGN has got this tweet promoted about this Diablo 2 re-release, right? and that's like like a blizzard activision thing Mm. isn't this the same outlet that just wrote all this stuff about how terrible they are but hey we're gonna take money from them yeah a lot of a lot of
2: smaller sites have like said like we're not covering anything activision blizzard until we see meaningful change and yeah it's unfortunate that some of the bigger ones aren't willing to step up in some way
1: yeah, I yeah. just uh, you know evidently is just like sweet. Write me that check. We don't care.
0: Yeah, and I, I think now is a really good time to uh, recognize Bungie for splitting from Activision <laughs> uh, because you know they. I mean they and it's weird because they 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 were like under that umbrella, but it was you know Bungie's a special a special case where it's like all right, we're going to do our own thing. And you guys can do whatever publishing and, you know, like, marketing. Like, whatever it is that you do, we'll let you do. But, like, we're making our game over here. And that was always the agreement. But it was always that, that you know, that extra amount of control that they wanted. Like, they would go show Activision. This is what we're working on. And Activision Blizzard's like, we want you to release a new game every, you know, couple of years. Like, a new box release because they sell better. And they're like, we don't want to do that. We just want to keep adding on to the game because it's awesome and it's better on our people. It's less crunch, blah, blah. blah. And Activision's like, well we don't want that. So um, it's, it's, you know, when they split from them, everyone immediately thought, oh, everything is going to get so much better right now. And a bunch of the smarter guys were like, listen, things are going to get worse for a little while because they don't have those resources anymore. They lost a couple of studios that were helping with content. They have to like either learn how to do marketing themselves or like spin up a new marketing team, you know, like, so, and things did get worse for a little bit. And now they're as good as they've ever been and they're looking as bright as they've ever looked before but yeah it's I I know the sentiment exactly what you're talking about it were like you love these like great uplifting stories where you know people like are who are passionate about games get to like be happy and make a good living and not be like aggressively harassed like every day of their life at work and you know when that's what you see all the time in games is you know just the burnout and the crunch and the harassment and the poor culture and you know it just it it does like after a while it just feels gross and it just feels like a broken record and you know every every time it's the same thing it's like when is this going to stop when are when they're going to be unions when are people going to be held accountable and when it happens like year after year after year after year after year it just it you're just like fed up of the whole thing and you just like that's why so many people especially women and, and people of color just end up leaving the industry there are thousands and thousands of like whenever these stories break if you look through some of the comments which it's a really bad thing to do don't ever look through comments but when you find some of the ones that aren't just awful vile stuff you see people like this is why i left the game industry this is why i left the game industry it's all over the place but yeah it's uh it's 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 sad times and i hope it turns around
1: yeah it's like i it's just weird i, I don't know like i've thought about like man you know i don't you want to feel decent about buying things. And obviously, you know you can't know everything that happens at the places. That I mean, you don't know what sure. who, everything that's happening in the kitchen when you order your meal. Um,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: But when you do
0: know, that's when you
1: have responsibility.
0: Yeah, yeah and I've, I've, it's, it's, it's easy to say something like, uh, you know, like the 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 old phrase, like, um, you know, don't confuse the art with the artist. Like it's it's okay to appreciate the art for what it is. But at the same time, there's still that feeling in your conscience or your gut, like I know who was involved with this, I know who made this, and I don't want to support that person in any way. Um, and I don't want to. I, I have a couple examples in my mind that I don't want to trash anybody, but just me personally, I see this person's name and I'm like, I can't, I can't buy that record, you know, like I can't do it. So yeah,
1: I don't want this to turn into like somebody's gonna be like, oh, uh, it's virtue signaling or something. That's not <laughs> what this is about. I'm just talking about how I feel. And this yeah. is just legit how I feel about some of this stuff. Take it whichever way you want to take it. But um, I just wish I felt better about games right now. This is <laughs> old games, new games, just a lot of nasty <laughs> business going on well, this year. Maybe this is a good time to pivot then
2: so Bill can make us feel better about games. He's going to tell us uh, about the future. I'm
0: s- I will certainly feel better. I don't know if the two of you are going to feel better <laughs> about this particular. But yes, speaking of feeling good about games, let's get into the uh, the main topic, the, the Valve Steam Deck. Uh, and I'll just start with a quick intro on this. Uh, the Steam Deck was announced by Valve on, uh, in the middle of June, June 15th. The Steam Deck has a form factor similar to that of a uh, Nintendo Switch, slightly larger, uh, basically, the Nintendo Switch can like fit in like the cavity like between the grips underneath uh, the uh, Steam Deck, um, but it's got the capabilities of a gaming PC, like a, a, a you know low to moderate uh, end uh, gaming PC. So, I'll be completely honest. My first reaction to the Steam Deck was that the name is confusing, considering the similarly named Elgato Stream Deck. Uh, and that the controls look very awkward. Um, I thought that the D-pad especially, and the face buttons, the ABXY buttons, looked like they were way too close to the edge of the device. So my knee-jerk reaction was, okay, you know, like, let's, not for me, like, let's wait wait and see type deal, kind of like what I always say. And it wasn't until I watched the, uh, uh, specifically the IGN hands-on video um, that I started to get really excited about the uh, Steam Deck for many reasons uh, that we are about to discuss, uh, but first, uh, let's get the reactions from you two, so I could guess what your uh, excitement level and reaction would have been to the, uh, the Steam Deck, but uh, uh, Kelsey, let's let's go with you. What was your first uh, thought when you saw this thing announced?
2: Uh, I want to know what your guess is first.
0: My, my guess would be that you saw it and you thought, ooh, are they putting games on physical carts? And then when you saw, no, they're not, you were like, oh, well, I guess Bill will be happy.
2: Uh, yeah, I did, the physical card thing never crossed my mind because knowing it was oh, okay. Steam and Valve, I'm like, have they ever put <laughs> yeah. out a physical? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not something I feel any desire to get. I don't play on my PC when I can help it. I don't, mm. especially not on Steam because um, they don't give me free games every month. um every week but then like seeing the price points too i'm like it's not even like in that like maybe i should buy it if i'm interested kind of category even the lowest end one so Mm -hmm. my only thought about ever getting one is in like you know five years or more when there is a new model out and these ones are just kind of deeply and i'm like hey i can you know maybe throw some roms on on it or something right if i can get it for like less than 200
0: so I've got some phenomenal news for you uh, uh, since that you don't have gaming, uh, you know, outs- that you don't do a whole lot of gaming on Steam, but there are some other PC avenues for you. We will get to that, so I'm glad Ooh, you brought that good. up. Uh, so uh, so Chris, um, I uh, even though that Steam is available for the Mac... I do not believe that you have an extensive uh, Steam library. So, uh, uh, besides your uh, you know reaction on whether or not you think this device was for you, what was your first reaction when you saw this, and what did you think the community reaction was going to be to it?
1: I mean, uh,
0: as a device, it
1: makes sense. I mean, it's a it's a logical step. Um, I I think it's for the for that crowd. It's it's probably a good deal. It's probably something that. That, you know makes good sense and people will enjoy
0: um you know and you and you talked before that portability is not a factor no, for you I, typically I when less. determining games yeah, right I, just,
1: I literally that means the you only, care. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I i only play on a handheld when the game's only on handheld i mean i don't mm. it's not a club vita it's just not an interest thing for me. So um, yeah, I'm happy for folks that are interested. Um, I don't own a PC. Uh, I don't uh, don't think this would be my first PC. Does it go into a dock? I don't even know. We're gonna get yeah, into that. it too. does. I know that. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's like a switch. It goes into a dock. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will like this thing. Um, I, I have no interest
0: cool so uh so we got first uh uh, impressions out of the way um let's get into the three announced versions for 400 us dollars you get the base model which has 64 gigabytes of memory it's the slowest of the memory it's embedded a multimedia card which is essentially like an sd card soldered onto the uh uh, the chip with additional micro sd uh, slot available for more slow storage Um, And one thing I thought was interesting every steam deck comes with a carrying case Which is kind of a nice thing considering that like that's not something I'd really expect for uh, it to come with Uh, The next model up is hundred and thirty dollars more it takes you to 529 You get 256 gigs of uh, storage and they've upgraded you to NVMe, which is the you know The m.2 the solid-state much much faster and also a carrying case. Thank you very much and the big boy $649 6 hundred and forty nine US dollars for five hundred and twelve. It also says Nvme, but it also says fastest storage. So it's probably just I wouldn't think it's an enormous speed difference between the two. It's probably you know you know the m.2 versus the m.2 pro. Um, we're not going to know until the hardware is final and iFixit it rips it apart and tells us exactly what's in it. Also comes with a carrying case. There's a handful of like digital pre order things that come with them that I don't feel like mentioning because no one cares about that stuff. And uh, the highest model also uh, has a big feature uh, for me it's the anti glare etched glass. Uh, One of my uh, biggest pet peeves on the Switch, especially playing in like a, a brightly lit area, is how much glare is on that screen to the point where I've considered getting like a matte. Uh, uh, glass like screen protector like uh, you know the invisible shield like the hard you know glass style um so uh i ended up pre-ordering the beefy boy so Um, i just looked
2: up the current conversion rate to canadian dollars mm -hmm. too that one would be like 850
0: bucks here man (laughs) that's a lot of cads yeah so
1: i got a couple questions right off the bat with the hardware itself um yeah yeah one of these I think you already answered, which made me really scratch my head, is why doesn't it have an accessible M.2 slot so you can just swap so, out the drive?
0: So here's the thing. We don't know that it doesn't. Okay. So uh, so what's what's been announced is uh, so you get the 64, the 256, and the 512. So the fact that the 256 and the 512 both support NVMe, it's entirely possible that you could buy the 399 model. And open it up, and it's the same motherboard as the higher models, so that you could just throw, you know, whatever M.2 drive you want in there. So, one of the, the themes of the conversation, they've been over this point over and over and over again. They say we know it's going to get a lot of comparisons to the Switch because of the form factor and you know the general size and that you can dock it. They said we really don't want people thinking of it as a game console. Because when you think of a game console, it's like, okay, like you buy Xbox stuff for an Xbox, you buy Nintendo stuff for Nintendo. It's just a small set of of it's a small PC. It's a small set of PC hardware. So one of the big things is it comes uh with a custom version of the steam OS, the steam operating system that you can you know that you've been able to download and install on the computer for ages now but they are you're freely welcome to wipe that off the uh, drive and install whatever you want you want to run linux you want to run windows do whatever you want with it so once i heard that i said i like the the light started going off i said so i can wipe this thing Throw Windows 10 on a you know, like a flat on a USB drive and 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 image it with Windows 10. Now I can install Steam on it. I can install good old games. I can install the Epic Game Store. I can install the Xbox Game Store with Xbox Game Pass for PC. All my PC emulators can go on it. Since it's a Windows PC, it just has Windows Media Player. I could put media on it. Even though the storage is limited, with the USB-C and the uh, the Thunderbolt uh, capability. I could throw it on a dock which doesn't have to be the proprietary it's not a proprietary dock so Valve said they're working on their own dock but they're like also it's just a PC you can use any powered USB-C hub you have any Thunderbolt dock so now it opens it up to okay I've got a 10 gigabyte external drive connected to the dock I dock the PC into it there's the rest of the storage I need so the NVMe is just for like the you know like the games like the stuff that I want to like like load really fast type stuff so it you know, when you think of like, uh, and not, not to say anything bad about the Switch, cause it's a great little machine, but it's, it's a closed ecosystem, right? And like when you look at the PC, you know, game like market in general, it's very open. You can, you know, swap parts out. So I, I really think that once the hardware is final and once people get their hands on it, I think there's a really good chance that they're going to open it up and be like, all right, it's just an M.2 slot. So let's throw you know, like a bigger you know bigger storage option in there or or whatever. But uh, but yeah, so that was the point I was alluding to earlier. Krabby is if uh, it, it's not just Steam. So if you want to throw Windows on there with my help, of course, or Adams because he's <laughs> uh, equally awesome and amazing, he'll probably lean you more towards Linux. But it's nobody's perfect. So uh, uh, but yeah, all of your Epic Game Store games um, are going to be available on it when you get your deeply discounted uh, OG Steam uh, uh, deck in 2029 would be my guess. Sweet. I'm uh, actually,
2: the, the more, because I I mentioned to you a bunch of times, I've been reading that computer role-playing book. Right. Uh, mm, great. Good Old Games is is the one that I keep coming back to, as uh, mm. seems seems like if I were ever to go the digital route, that's probably the, the, the one that's pulling me the most.
0: And if I were to get, yeah, if someone, you know, just came to me before you even said that and said, like, hey, what, you know, PC game distribution platform do you think uh, Kelsey would be the most likely to be <laughs> a huge fan of? Say, come on, guy, there's only one chance here. It's it's good old games, which uh, I still call good old games, even though I think just like MTV and AOL, they like officially changed their name just to GOG or, or GOG, which is, you know, whatever they want to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, so... It's 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 a good old games for those who might not be as familiar. They they do have modern stuff like it's owned by CD Projekt Red, so that's where Cyberpunk, uh, you know, was distributed and Witcher and a bunch of that stuff. But they they specialize in uh, uh, just classic uh, like older, typically PC games. Um, there's a handful of a uh, crossover, but like the Ultima games, Terminal Velocity that I've talked about before, you know, <laughs> Seventh Guest, Eleventh Hour pharaoh and cleopatra mist masters of orion like full throttle free space descent the old fallouts like all those classic pc games that you would you know need to like run like a dos box emulator or something like that they just make it really easy and for all the people who are uh, kind of anti-steam or no, not, i shouldn't say that for all the people who are kind of like well what happens you know like i don't really own the game what happens 15 years from now when the steam servers are shut down everything on uh, Good Old Games is given to you DRM-free. So as long as Good Old Games is up, you could download you know, this folder, so make sure you download it and put it in a safe place, uh, and it can be installed uh, DRM-free as many times as you want, like in perpetuity. Um, so for people who are worried about, you know, what happens when the PlayStation network goes down, but then they decide, oh, we're not actually going to go down because people got mad at us and uh, <laughs> we're just going to keep it going type deal. But, but yeah, it's... Uh, and I know I'm, I'm rambling a bit because I get excited about it, but it's 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 interesting to me how quickly I went from like, yeah, that thing's not for me, to, oh, imagine the possibilities on this thing. <laughs> and a lot like Chris, I didn't used to care about portability. And even when I, you know, my first kid or my first two kids, I could still find time to game and it was like not a big deal. Now that there's, you know, kids are a little bit older and it's more chaos in the house and there's, you know, it's harder to find space on a TV without the kids being in bed. Uh, and also, just what we've been dealing with recently. Like, I have I'm playing Mass Effect, and it's like, you know, I'm not gonna like, you know, sit on my like sit on my laptop like you know on vacation. But like, if I could, if I had the Steam Deck, like that's a portable solution that I can play that. You know, like even if it's like you know in bed for a half hour, it's not like setting a laptop up and having like you know like 90 degree fans like blowing <laughs> on my lap. You know, like in bed while I'm trying to play a game type deal. So, and just the fact that I have a station in my basement at my desk that has a dock and a couple monitors and i have the same thing at my office at work and i can set one up easily in my wife's office like any place that i can just jump in a recliner and throw something on for a minute like a run of hades or like a quick you know a couple of turns in in civ6 or i could dock it and since it run, runs windows i could just do some gmail i could watch something just use it as a pc um i really don't think this is a, a switch competitor at all I think this is more of an entry level, like for someone who's thinking about getting a gaming PC, but it's like, ah, do I really want to drop 1500 grand on a gaming PC? Ah, let me start with this guy. Even if, and if I really like it, I can still get a gaming PC and, you know, they, they're, they're kind of used for different things, right? So, but yeah, uh, I ended up ordering the Beefy Boy just because I figured it wasn't going to show up till, you know, second quarter of next year anyway, because I got the pre-order in late. So I was like, well, I got enough time to save up. Um, So uh, that's the one I ended up getting. And uh, uh, the other thing about the controls that I thought was kind of cool, it's got your standard two analog sticks. It's got your face buttons. It's got your, like, four shoulder buttons, you know, bumpers and and triggers or L1, L2, whatever you want to call them. And then the buttons on the back that I've kind of gotten used to with the Elite controller and also, like, some other pro-level controllers like Scuff and some of the other uh, brands that use those. Um, That's really cool because, obviously, PC games are typically – uh, have more inputs, more commands available, because they assume you got a keyboard, so it's nice to have a, some, some bindable buttons on there. So I'm going need, the I'm need on the your, well.
2: your uh, review of the D-pad before I put down any money on it. Let me yeah, know how that baby is.
0: And, and i got to tell you, I'm not the one to ask. You know who's the one to ask, who seems to have her finger on the pulse of that D-pad, is uh, our good friend Pam. Okay. Um, right. I I tend to... Adapt to, like, I, you know, I can pretty well adapt to any D pad, and I'm like, all right, like, it's, it's workable, I can use it. Um, me and uh, Pam and I are in agreement on the best one currently in our possession, and that's the D pad on the standard Xbox Series controller. Um, it's really, 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 really good. Um, I, I really like the one on my Elite controller as well, my Elite Model 1. Uh, But like, yeah, a lot of people are very, very picky on the D-pad and rightfully so for a lot of the retro style games for, you know, anything with quarter circles or like, you know, fighting or stuff like that. I really have gravitated so far away from using the D-pad during gameplay. It's really like almost all analog for me. And most of the games that I play, they just have like kind of like utility things mapped to the D-pad. Like in Destiny, it's like emotes. Um, I believe is on the uh, is on the D pad and like uh, um, you know things like that. But uh, I did read some of the early reviews for the hands on uh, said that uh, uh, I mean it's like everyone says the same thing. They're like, oh, like you know the D pad isn't as clicky as I would like. And then Valve is like, well, the hardware is not final, so we're taking yeah, input, yeah. we're tweaking things like that. But I think that they're hearing from everyone who's using it. It could be clickier. It's more, so. more clicks. Needs more Yeah. So hopefully. They'll put cherry micro switches or something <laughs> in, their, uh, in their in their in their D pad, um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, uh, um, so I already mentioned I had a little uh, little list of things to talk about here. So oh, and I did I mention real quick the uh, the precision track pads. So right underneath the analog sticks, you got two little precision track pads. Which this is definitely going to be a I have to try it before I give an opinion on it. Like it doesn't seem. You know, like something I'd use if analog sticks were an option, but analog sticks are not always an option, you know, for for a lot of games, like they expect you to have a mouse, so we'll see how that goes. So but beyond being I,
2: a trackpad, are they a button too? Can you push in on them? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah, yep, they're clickable. Okay. Yep. I, can, so, I can see that also, working for a
2: shooter when you want to be really, really fast with both of them.
0: So somebody, um, somebody like in the IGN's hands-on, he played Portal 2 a little bit. He played it on um, sticks. And then he's like, all right, let me try on the trackpads. And he said it was really interesting. It worked a lot better than he thought it would. It took him a minute to get used to it. But they said one of the cool things about the trackpads and the thumbsticks is their uh, capacitive. So what that means is the the stick knows when your thumb is touching it because it the the you know it can conduct the electricity through your body. So that means it can do different things whether or not your thumb is on it. So it's like if your thumb is on the right analog stick, the game knows that it's there. So like it, it like it won't use like the gyro control. Like you know how like in like Zelda games oh, you can kind of yeah. like aim your arrow or whatever. But if you remove your thumb from the stick, and it knows you're not touching the trackpad. Then the gyro can engage because it knows you're not touching those. So he's like, it was took a minute to get used to, but I could actually remove my thumb from the stick and then aim just by using the gyro. And I said that could be interesting. It could be. Um, and yeah, so uh, uh, a lot of this stuff is it's really difficult to say until you got your hands on. Um, but there's a couple of guys that I really, um, you know, typically kind of am in line with, and uh, one of those guys is a very, very popular uh, guy that people have all sorts of opinions on. That's uh, uh, Linus Tech Tips. Uh, he's, uh, he's got millions of. Uh, he's a PC guy, millions of uh, uh, of uh, you know subscribers and and you know videos and views and stuff. So he recently did a hands-on, and they gave him like a whole list of things that he could do and things that he couldn't do. And they're like, you know, we haven't tested this yet, so you can't do it. But they actually ended up letting him do a lot of it anyway. So he has done tests that no one else has done, and things that they were like. We don't even know if that's going to work because we haven't tried that yet. Just worked. Like he had like a a USB-C power dock with like a 4K uh, output on it, and they were so they target 720p as the uh, uh, native resolution on the device itself because that's the resolution of the screen. There's no reason to do more than that. Save battery life, blah blah blah. So he was like, if I dock this, can I just go 4K straight out to a monitor? And they're like. I mean, that's our plan, but, like, we don't know yet. So, like, he just did it, and it came out 4K, and, like, everything just worked. And he was like, that's amazing. And he (laughs) played Doom Eternal. So Doom Eternal was running, uh, and it's like, you know, it's like an embedded, you know, AMD uh, chip that they've been working on with, so it's optimized. But he played Doom, and he was getting, you know, depending on the settings, because, you know, PC, you can change all that stuff on, like, uh, for the most part, console and he was getting like you know a good like 55 65 frames and then he docks it and puts it in 4k he had to drop the quality a little bit but he was getting like his 30 40 frames in doom eternal in 4k so it was like man this little this little device is uh, actually kind of beastly so uh so yeah it's uh it's one of those things that like i really was pretty hard on it when i first saw it and just the more the more i kind of consumed uh, you know the information on it the more it kind of like got me excited so I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a a chance to step in here so I can just stop gushing about how excited I am about it.
1: I I noticed they went with the Xbox button layout, so kudos.
0: Yeah, the ABXY instead of the... uh, Nintendo layout. ...completely backwards. So so I I mentioned briefly earlier I started Skyward Sword. Uh, Is there anything more confusing (laughs) than a (laughs) Nintendo game telling you what button to press? And uh, uh, the, my my another thing that really stopped me from playing a lot of Skyward Sword on vacation is most of the time it was like okay like my, uh, one of the kids in the cot on the floor my wife's in bed I'm here there might be a, there's a baby in the pack and play I can't play it on the TV in this room so I have to play it handheld and Joy-Con drift kills Zelda oh. sessions because you'll just walk off an edge and you're like all right. I guess I'm done playing tonight, so I had to play it docked only with the Pro controller, which is the way you want to play it anyway. But uh, it made it really difficult with the drift. So um, another thing I'm really looking forward to on the Steam uh, controller teardown is what are they using for the analog sticks? Um, so uh, on the Steam Deck website, it shows like a little kind of like you know 3D uh, teardown of the analog stick moving, and it doesn't look like the same ones that are used in a lot of other devices. So hopefully they've you know, figured out something with the longevity on these things, where they can, you know, get some more cycles in them before they just start wandering off on their own. But uh, I've I haven't had that problem on any other controller besides the Joy Cons, so no, it must be brutal. something.
2: I need to send all four of mine in rage right at the moment.
0: I have sent all four that I have. I have too, and this they will be the second time. And they were repaired. And I need to send all four again. And uh what's it called? Uh Adam. Uh oh Adam's getting a lot of mentions on this show. Um <laughs> Adam suggested the contact cleaner. Like, you know like he, the, he the bought spray can. this time. The yeah. <laughs> the fast drying contact spray. And I, I never realized this. When you underneath the analog stick of a switch, it looks like a like a dome. Um, it looks like it's hard, it's not. It's like a like a rubber, like floppy thing that you can actually like umbrella up. So you just umbrella it up. You stick the nozzle in there, spray in some you know fast drying electronics contact cleaner. Um, move this stick around like a whole bunch, like you're doing a super move in a an N64 wrestling game. Doing
2: the uh, Zangief spinning pile driver.
0: Zangief, yeah. I should have remembered who I was talking to here with your uh, spinning pile driver. So <laughs> it's um, my only move. But yeah, and and it worked for you know a couple of days, but then it was right back to its old ways. So. Yeah, it's, that's frustrating. It's annoying with the drift on there. So, But, yeah, uh, so, we, so we mentioned the software. We mentioned, uh, you know, all the possibilities that come in just, you know, being able to put whatever operating system you want on there. One other thing I wanted to mention in the difference between having, uh, like, a closed uh, hardware system versus open, um, we already mentioned the dock uh, that you can use any, like, USB-C hub. Um, it may not sound like a big deal, but like I think about the number of times that I've been like, you know, I'd love to grab another Switch dock for like my parents' house, right? And it's like, okay, well, the Nintendo One is what, like eighty dollars or something like that, and it's just it's just the Switch input on the bottom, and it's like power and HDMI. That's it. There's no network on it. There's I think the Switch already has one USB, but like we're talking about like minimal connectivity. Like Switch. And
1: the original Switch has two USBs. Switch Pro ad- added a network port, uh, or, for, for the dock, the OLED Switch or whatever. Yes,
0: you're right. I think the OLED. Yeah, they added the network connection, which is which is a welcome upgrade. <laughs> so, uh, so with the with the Steam Deck, again, not to you know do too many Switch comparisons. So the dock is just you know any powered USB C port you got, any Thunderbolt dock that you have. But one of the other uh, things about being open is. I was shocked. At, like I'm, I I know I don't really have Bluetooth uh, uh, headsets, but I recently got a pair of AirPods um, from work, which are amazing. Um, I I don't know how what took me so long on these guys, but they're life changing. I, I use them all the time. So I thought, okay, let me just they're Bluetooth. Let me just pair these with my computer. So I did, and I use them on like Teams meetings, and they're unbelievable. And then one day I'm on my Switch, and I'm like, wait a minute, Switch has Bluetooth. I'm just going to pair these to the Switch because the Switch has Bluetooth. The Switch does have Bluetooth, but only to connect the controllers, not for any audio devices. It's locked out. You can use Bluetooth on the Switch by buying a universal Bluetooth adapter that has a headphone jack. Oh, man. <laughs> so you're actually connecting to the adapter and then, like, almost like the cassette player adapter for the old cars. That, yeah, that
2: reminds me of, like, the. The uh, Wii and the DS era—you always had to buy like an extra peripheral to do anything that you feel like oh. you should have been able to do out of the box.
1: Uh, how about yep. the uh, the the GBA SP where you had to have the special thing,
2: yeah, to, special, special adapter to, to plug into the power <laughs> port to listen, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean, it's so it's it's nothing new, but it's just one of those things where like you're like it this this should work there should just be a way for me to do this and it's a closed ecosystem or a closed hardware system. So you can't do it. So then like, it's like every time I think of one of these extra things, I'm like, Oh, and I can do this. Oh, and I can do this. Oh, I'm going to be able to use my AirPods, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, you know, it's been a while since I was kind of like, you know, this excited. So something do you think like, you would
2: be as excited as you are if you didn't have a switch and like have all these limitations, if you were just like guessing,
0: Ah, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, it's because there's definite advantages to this. And that's the, the, the flip side of that coin is if, even if I started out with the, uh, with the, the Steam Deck and then the Switch came out and it was like, oh, so it's like a less powerful Steam Deck that's closed off and doesn't do as much, but I can play all Nintendo stuff and it's only a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I'll do that. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, I would, I would still see it for what it is and still be happy with it. Like, I'm happy that we have the switch. I'm happy that the boys have them. They have a ton of really good time with them. There are those frustrations that I have a lot of the time where it's like there. And there are things that I expect to work because I just want them to, and they work for me in other situations. And I understand that I'm not the one that they're going after for some of these features. Like, I know I talk about it a lot, but like cross save, Um, i expect that when i sit down at you know my xbox my save file is going to be there and then when i go to another xbox it's just going to be there and then when i go to the pc it's just going to be there same with steam same with like other stuff so when i like start a game on nintendo and then the kids are like oh like can we can we like play on this switch i'm like okay like let's just see if it works and it doesn't it's like there so there's these frustrations that are there but like Again, like I know that I have different expectations because of you know some of the other features that I get other places that I really like, but yeah, it's it's I I still I still like both devices. I still think there's there's room for both, but I am not as excited about the hardware and the possibilities of the Switch as I am about the Steam Deck.
2: That makes
0: sense. Yeah. So, and the thing is, like, I'm ex- It's I'm excited for things coming out on the switch like my my middle son has gotten re- back into breath of the wild since we got uh, back from vacation and we just keep talking about oh man like breath of the wild 2 eventually like that's gonna be so cool and i said to him today uh i said you know the thing that's gonna be that's gonna be rough is we're not gonna both be able to play at the same time and he was like why i'm like because you know, we're only gonna have one copy it's got you know one switch or the other and he makes his face and he's like we could get two copies <laughs> that's smart boy you've got there yeah no, yeah, he has a good kid. One, one to play. One to keep. One to sell shares in. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh, so yeah. I'm I'm super excited. I I didn't think it would be the kind of thing that you guys would be interested in. I appreciate you letting me kind of gush about it for a little bit. Um, I really th- and, and also I, I I'm I'm less of an evangelist as I used to be. It's with everything. Like I really try not to be like oh, you don't like this movie? You got to watch this movie. You got to try it again. Like what I like, you know? Like, I'm really not like... I used to be like that, I think, and I'm not like that anymore. It's really more like, oh, you like that thing? Cool. I like this thing. That's also cool. But I really, at the same time, think that it's one of those things that, like, you know, when Rich visits for, uh, uh you know, like, um uh, the convention, uh, if it happens this year, or, like, the next time I see you guys, it's going to be, guys, I got to show you this. You're really going to think it's awesome. And you'll probably think it's awesome. You'll be like, you know what? That <laughs> is awesome. And I am happy for you. And then that'll be the end of it, right? So it's all good stuff. It's all, and, and, but like we said before, I just want to feel good about gaming again, right? And this is just that feeling of happiness that only like some like, you know, crazy, cool piece of hardware, uh, with lots of software, uh, different software opportunities and potentials brings me. So I'm just happy to be happy. I've been a very happy gamer this year. I know it's it's uh, it's usually the other way around. You guys are talking about all the Shin Megami's that are coming out, and I'm like, I'm happy for you guys, but it's not really my jam. Oh, the you, Souls, the Souls are happy. You've happening?
2: already got a couple switches in your house. You you can play Shin Megami Five when it comes out in November. I, <sighs> Do
0: you I don't think, think you'd like it at all. I don't think you'd like you it. You don't think, <laughs> 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 knowing knowing what you know about me. I, I mean, I I've had some really good times with some of the uh, uh, Persona experiences I had, but yeah. I, I almost feel guilty. Like I'm like I really wanna, I really wanna like it more. And then I really 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 liked um, uh, Four uh, on the uh, on the Vita. Um, the, you can play that on your bit. Steam Deck
2: when it comes out it's on I PC could.
0: now. Yeah. It's on PC. That's right. Yeah, and that's someone mentioned. Uh, they're like, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm very curious to see how the Switch emulator runs on the Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's there, so uh, we won't we won't get into that until it happens. But uh, but yeah, so uh, um, like uh, Chris mentioned before, um, we've got a, a patron chat uh, going on in our Discord. So if any of our current patrons uh, want to chime in on their thoughts on the Steam Deck, we'd love to share those at the beginning of the next show. Or if you want to become a patron, uh, super nice and easy. Uh, it's uh, Patreon.com/slash RF Generation. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, collect RF Gen uh, Bill and Chris and Kelsey.org <laughs> help me out Chris patreon.com slash collector cast collector cast episode 82 <laughs> all right I'll nail it ne- I'll nail it next time uh, Kelsey can you just can you just do what you did with the wrong episode number that one time
2: <laughs> just uh, that's a
0: lot of work that's talk over, to do. and I'm just honest. talk over it with the <laughs> correct words. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so uh, it's uh, a buck gets you in, and uh, you can get in the Discord, chat with us. Uh, the Bat Chat has got to be revived. I was gone for a little while, so we're going to get back on track with uh, whatever we're reading next. But Kelsey and Engineer Mike are really uh, keeping that room alive. So can't wait to get back in there. Um, I ordered a few books. I got some stuff for free comic book day. So And also you know bought a couple of things that day as well. Support your local shop. Um, so yeah, if uh, uh, any uh, any final thoughts uh, on the uh, on the Steam Deck for uh, for you, Kelsey? Uh,
2: I'm actually a little eager to hear you talk about it once it's in your hands. Is that all these things you're looking forward to are they going to all work out the way that we all want them to for you? Uh, I'm curious how those touch pads are going to function because like I don't play a lot of first person games, but I could easily envision them working pretty pretty well for that kind of stuff in handheld um yeah and like you i'm i'm all on board the handheld train like i played some 3ds in my bed just today uh it's mm. it's great and then i like i dropped my daughter off a dance class and she's got two dances in a row so it's like two hours so same thing i read a, read a comic for a little bit and then pulled the 3ds out again so handheld gaming uh i'm i'm all on board for it so i hope it ends up being exactly what you want it to be
0: I appreciate that and and just I want to throw out another shout out to another good friend from the uh, RF Gen playcast Sean is all aboard the mobile uh, the handheld gaming train. I do not think this is in his wheelhouse. Um, but uh, he's he's a big big uh, like he'd rather play it on the Wii U or play it on the on the you know the Vita. So uh, I'm cu- I would be curious. Steam to hear his Steam has as
2: many sexy visual novels as the Vita. He should be all
0: over this. <laughs> so, yeah, same if not. And and I'm sure that the entire uh, Earth Defense Force uh, saga is available in one way or another on uh, on PC as well, right? So uh, yeah, I mean I I don't I don't he's definitely not a. Uh, by digital guy if it's going to disappear at some point so I think he would be all aboard the the good old games uh, wagon if anything um but yeah I mean uh, if nothing else uh, he can play it when he comes up for the uh, uh retro world expo so uh so yeah Chris any final thoughts any uh, anything you wanted to add uh anything that I missed as a uh, as a Mac purist that we forgot to mention uh, during the show
1: no uh, I know I I'm for those folks that are looking for a product like this, it's cool. I mean, I'm, I see the void that this thing serves. So I hope you, if this is up your alley, that you enjoy it.
0: You heard it here first. Chris called me a void. <laughs> <laughs> no, avoid Bill. That's what I'm uh, trying to avoid. avoid. Okay. Oh, avoid Bill <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I guess that'll that'll wrap it up. Nice, uh, tight little show tonight. So. Uh, I'm going to do my very, very best to finish Mass Effect 3 as soon as possible. So our hope is that that will be the next show. Well, my expectation is that'll be the next show because I I can't push it back anymore. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Catch up on some ME3 lore for yourself if you want to uh, just be all caught up with us. And we will see you next time.